Oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> we just found our new, what do you call that? The song that in, uh, intro theme? In, intro theme. Yeah. We're here all week. Welcome to Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And we are happy to have you joining us. This could be our last podcast before we do our live podcast from Ohio and Dr. Bob's house or our road trip en route to Dr. Bob's house. Maybe we'll do one at the border and talk about border crossing. Hopefully it'll be better than your last experience that you talked about. Yep on this yep. podcast well, it's not gonna be one of you it's gonna be three alcoholics in the <laughs> on the car so come on buddy bring it oh yeah what are we gonna say where are you guys going we're going to akron ohio what are you going to see dr bob's house <laughs> this will be interesting it will be interesting yes i can already feel it <laughs> good luck with that yes no i don't you know like what we're going on a, on a trip a fun trip yeah. Pleasure Dr. or Dr. Bob's house is an actual historical landmark. Right. So we're going to see historical landmark in Akron, Ohio. There you go. Fucking border guards. We love you if you're listening. <laughs> we, sort of not really. Sorry, not sorry. I'm just kidding. Yes. Of They're course people. you are. You don't hate the person. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's the uniform that is frightening. It's just the the unfortunate incidences. Where which we, have led to. Which we yeah. paint on people. Mm-hmm. So. And things have tightened up for unfortunate reasons, right? I have not crossed the border since... Have I crossed the border since Trump's been in power? Because I wondered if it'll be like a different experience. Don't even mention... Don't hate... I don't know if it'll be different. (laughs) (laughs) Have I? I don't think so. I'm having a meltdown over the mere mention of the word. I know. I wish someone... The world could just see the motions you just made of like... (laughs) Holding your head. But we're not supposed to talk politics because you we know, do not talk politics. That's what it's not about. So let's uh, forget that we even mentioned that dirty, ugly word and move on. I wonder if he'll, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, okay. So I just dug into our jar. Okay. And the topic that was pulled out is amends slash apologies slash forgiveness. Great. Step nine. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, I love amends, you know, and, and, and the longer you've been around the program, I think the deeper and more meaningful the amends become. Hmm. Um, because I know that when I was brand new in sobriety, I rushed through things very quickly and I ran around making apologies, thinking that I was making amends. And I made hmm. some of the classic, classic newcomer mistakes, like making an apology with an expectation that the other person was then going to reveal to me all the wrong that they had done and own oh. their shit as well. Mm-hmm. And then when they didn't do that, or or worse, they said, yeah, well, not only did you do this, you asshole, you also did this, this, and this, and point out, you know, how bad it really was. I was, you know, even worse off. So um, there is a huge difference between an apology and amends. There is. And... Um, I think the greatest amends, too, can often be just what we call the living amends, which is being the change, you know, living the change. Mm -hmm. So let's say you were someone who cheated on your wife, cheated on your husband. Now you are someone who is faithful, someone who is loyal, someone who is considerate of others, puts the needs of others first, Mm -hmm. you know, so that is your living amends. You behave completely 
the opposite way from the asshole way that you used to behave. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think um, we we talked about this in the meeting I was at last night, how a lot of people straight out of treatment want to go make the amends or oh. someone new in sobriety wants to go make the amends. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if you just apologize, you don't understand what drove those behaviors. Whereas an amend is typically you've looked at all of your wrongs and you've noticed the patterns in your character defects and how they drive you to act in a way that is not in line with a person of integrity or a person of truth or a person of love. And so making the amend is more than just the apology. It's the understanding of your role and why you did it and going forward, not doing it again. Right. And not requiring or expecting anything from that person in return. Mm -hmm. Change is, is a key to the amend. Like you just said, you know, you have to, um, who cares if you say sorry? I'm sure that as an alcoholic, you've been saying sorry your whole life, Mm -hmm. you know, and the people around you, especially the people closest to you could give a rat's ass about your sorries anymore because they've heard them all and they don't believe you. Yeah. So one more sorry to them and you're thinking, but this is sincere. I mean it. But if you also haven't done the work and started to be the change, then it certainly isn't going to mean anything. Yeah. And they aren't, you know, it's going to fall on deaf ears for sure. And you don't have to like the person you're giving an amend to. You don't technically have to forgive them for anything. Mm. This, the point of the amend is let me keep my side of the street clean. Let me take the thousand pound coat of responsibility off. Let's just remove it altogether. That's the point. But you're not seeking validation right. or a a cure or a solution from the other person this has to come from sincerely wanting to make your wrongs right yeah and you have to be fully prepared that that other person's gonna say go fuck yourself yeah okay yeah at the end of the day a person who's really working the steps will know that the reason that person said that originated in the fact that you behaved in a manner that was not becoming of you to another human being and you just have to accept that and move on it's hard yeah yep and, and my response to that today would be, okay, thank you for your time. That's lovely. And then walk away. Yeah. My response in the past would have been, no, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> None of what I said was true. <laughs> oh my gosh. So amends, um, apologies. What was the other part of forgiveness. that? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Oh yeah. Don't do it seeking forgiveness. What about um, uh, amends uh, and forgiving yourself? I've heard of that. I've never practiced it with myself. Like I've never, I never had myself on my fourth list. Okay. Or as a person to make amends to. Yeah. You've never had to. No? No. I've apologized to like inner child stuff when I've made a decision that has hurt me. Mm-hmm. Where I've said, I'm so sorry. I, did, I didn't mean to hurt you and uh, I didn't know better and those kinds of things but I just because of the process of the steps I don't really have shame over anything um I have a really good self-love relationship with myself Mm -hmm. one of those things that really helped me do that was my therapist uh she didn't suggest this but the came this came up in therapy I have a picture of myself at two days old on my bedside table yeah because it's my reminder to me that she comes first always I have to do deci- I have to make decisions for her. The adult me has to make decisions for the child me mm-hmm. because um, I had to become my own parent and love myself back to being whole 
in many ways in order to make decisions for myself going forward that protected her. Yeah. Because I don't feel like she was protected for me growing up. And the only person that could do that would be me. Right. Because it's just the way it happens to be. Some people don't have that experience, but yeah. 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 Once I realized that, and most people too, like we're all adults and we look like adults, but so many of us are walking around as very wounded little children. Absolutely. Yeah. With a whole lot of issues, abandonment issues and all this other crap, um, trust issues, you know, faith issues. So... Um, which is why, too, we often say, you know, the 12 steps and AA and um, that kind of program is, for me, was essential to my recovery. But that's just, you know, one layer. That's just peeling one layer back. Um, and uh, and I'm not a therapist. So if I want deeper help, then I need to go to a therapist to seek that deeper help. Just like, you know, if I had uh, cancer, I wouldn't just, you know, operate on myself or hand you a scalpel, Julie, and say, yeah, I got to, can you cut this out of me? I would go see a professional, yeah. seek, seek professional help for yeah. sure. And uh, that with that, I'm just going to add our little disclaimer that we sometimes forget to put on our podcast, but we aren't therapists. Um, we aren't psychiatrists. Uh, we aren't in the field of, um, you know, recovery. I don't work in the field of addiction or recovery. So this is just um, our information based on our own experience, personal experience of recovery and what has helped us get and stay sober. Yeah, I mean, we're geniuses, but we're not really certified in anything. Should be, you know, evident. (laughs) Goes without saying, really. And modest, (laughs) very modest. So were you on your list of amends? No, I wasn't. I, I think I first learned about the shame from other women. You know, hearing about it from other women, and I thought, is there something wrong with me? Am I that much of an egomaniac that I have no shame? Oh, uh, I have I had guilt, um, but no, I didn't. I didn't have to make an amends to myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think I carried that same. Maybe I haven't got to that level yet. Maybe I don't know. More will be revealed. <laughs> That's right. Who knows? Um, I might have said, you know, sorry to myself for putting myself in those situations, mm-hmm. in some bad, difficult situations by making bad choices, but mm-hmm. it was no real deep revelation for me yeah me neither maybe we'll interview somebody someday who can talk more deeply about it yeah with their experience yeah that'd be cool it would be cool right i didn't start the timer for this one so i have no idea how long or how I short think we had have room for another okay. question go for it in our little question jar what i should have been a doctor with this handwriting what <laughs> Something you do. Oh, what should you do if someone cannot admit powerlessness? Ooh. So I guess working with someone new. Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to think of when this has happened because I know it's happened to me. Go ahead. I think for me, if someone can't admit powerlessness, do they have the willingness to be open to the fact that maybe they don't know it yet? Like the how of recovery, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. So you can say, well, I'm not powerless. So just, it's like keep an open mind or slogan. Mm -hmm. But are you willing to say that maybe you're wrong? Or maybe you just don't have all the information yet? Because I can work with that, no problem. But if someone is point blank, I'm not powerless. I don't don't have a problem. 
then I, I really wouldn't know how to go forward with that. I run a Fortune 500 company. I'm not powerless. That's ridiculous. Well, I have found this in working with people um, specifically in the military who suffer from PTSD and concurrent addictions. Mm-hmm. That powerless element is something that is hard to accept because of the position they're in, because of their training, and because of how they've survived in such violent, horrific, volatile situations. So it's hard. So the unmanageability part is usually like, no problem. Okay, they admit they're unmanageable. It's unmanageable, but the powerlessness can be really difficult. I've had people get up and walk out of a room in introductory sessions and um, my volunteer work in recovery centers over that one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To me, I think powerless can be so simple though. Like, you know, you can ask someone, um, do you have control over what's going to happen tomorrow? Do you have control over, you have this, you have a child? Do you have control over what's going to happen to them, the path that they're going to take, whether or not they're going to succeed in life, whether or not they're going to go to university, graduate, whether or not they're going to become an addict? Do you have power over that? You might have some influence, but do you have absolute control over another being? I like that. And for me, that, that helps me say, well, no, of course not. I'm powerless over that. I'm powerless over the choices that other people make. Absolutely. You know, when I'm driving on the highway, I have control of my vehicle, but I am powerless over what everybody else does around me. I like that. So sometimes maybe it's just coming up with an analogy that the newcomer can relate to. Well, and it's the whole, I think the problem is we mix strength and weakness with power and powerlessness. Yes. And they're not necessarily linked together. I know that the more I give my power away to God, the more powerful I become. It talks about in our big book, the more dependent I become in a higher power, the more independent I become in life. Right. And that's how I see how that's presented. Oh, she's pulling out the big guns. Lisa's into her her big book. Yes, do it. So this was a gift from our friend Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Oh, Sharon. Hi, bestie. Hey, the little big book dictionary. Um that she I don't know where she picked this up but I was just wondering uh what um it says about powerlessness in this book and I thought oh yeah I have this new dictionary so today would be kind of fun to use it so (laughs) I think I ripped that theme off from the tonight show it sounds very like 50s game show (laughs) yeah if anyone's old enough to remember the tonight show then uh, I think that was the theme what was it powerless powerlessness powerless oh without power defenseless ineffective lacking in strength power or authority um yeah so especially the dictionary definition no wonder people have a problem yeah with that yeah um i don't think as a human being as a child of god you are ever powerless in terms of what you have available to you but you do have situations where you're not in control of, and like you said, you can't mm-hmm. manipulate it or foresee it in the future, or which is lack of power is our dilemma. That's what we talked about right. in the big book. Yeah. It's a big deal for us. We're often control freaks. Yeah. We think we know better. We're perfectionists. It's a hard topic. Mm-hmm. And things have spiraled out of control because we couldn't yeah. control what we wanted so badly to control. Our own lives. <laughs> like, yeah. We also have to accept that we will never have all the answers. Mm-hmm. We will never be able to explain things fully. I know that I did those 12 steps. They changed my life. And I can live now as a relatively normal human being because of it. But I can't tell you 
how or why it worked. I did what I was supposed to do. And now all of a sudden I don't drink every day. I don't think about drinking every day. My life Mm. is in so much better than I ever thought it would be. So there is a, whenever there's something to do with the higher power, we have to accept the mystery and the miracle and the wonder because we're all miracles, Mm -hmm. even though we did words on a book. For some reason it worked. Yeah, I have no idea either. And because I can remember, I can still vividly remember the pain and anguish I felt coming in when you people told me that the solution to my drinking problem would be to stop drinking. Well, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) How the fuck do I do that? (laughs) Thank you for stating the obvious. Yeah. This place is stupid. (laughs) Don't drink and go to meetings. Yeah. Fuck you, man. (laughs) Is that really? I'm going to drink and go to meetings. How about that? (laughs) Fuck you guys. I love the defiance of the addict. It's so good. It's like you don't realize you're killing yourself. You think you're being defiant and proving something to me, but you're digging your own grave. Exactly. Yeah. I just love the willfulness. I loved hearing this speaker. Um, My sponsor actually gets this guy to speak at many of his medallions. And uh, one of the things he says was he was a blackout drinker. And he says, let me just tell you this. Um, I often used to wake up in meetings, like come out of a blackout in meetings. So if blackout drunk you thinks that you have a problem and takes your ass to a meeting, you're <laughs> definitely an alcoholic. Uh, even his, uh, even in his addiction, he was powerless. Yeah. Oh, I love these topics. And I love just sitting around and chatting with you, my friend. Mm. This is great. This is how this all started for Julie and I. We would often just talk recovery. Um, and, uh, it's interesting. That's a basis for a lot of my deep friendships now is, um, talking recovery with people. We have formed deep bonds, spiritual bonds over sitting around and and talking about recovery and spirituality. And that's how this started. And, uh, we said we should record this. Yeah. Recovery is holy business. It's very sacred. It's very sacrosanct. And it's so much bigger than just not drinking or not using. Yeah. Because I know lots of people who just don't drink, and it's crazy. Cuckoo. Cuckoo for <laughs> <was> crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that I'm being judgmental. That's totally judgmental. But that's based on your experience. My experience. People you know that yep. have no program. Mm-hmm. Amen, We're sister. such self-righteous biatches. <laughs> and there's our disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> This is not a professional show. These are merely our thoughts and feelings. Thanks very much for joining us once again on Two Sober Chicks. Don't forget to join us on our road trip. Check us out on Facebook and Facebook Live at Two Sober Chicks. And uh, Julie's going to be driving most of the way. Thanks all the way, actually. Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah. I'm glad that's your preference. When you said there's one caveat I have to drive, I did a little happy dance. It's like that's amazing. I would and love to be chauffeured. You can like chauffeured. feed me road food, like combos and sour keys and Dr Pepper, which is like a, a ritual okay. for me when I cross the border. I need to have Dr. Give me Pepper. the list, and yeah. I will supply it. Amazing. I will make sure you are well taken care of. Uh, amazing for getting us there in one piece. All right. So we look forward to um, sharing those upcoming podcasts with you. Thanks a lot for joining us again. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been two sober chicks. Be well.